0: the voice. welcome to Wimcast number six, the most underprepared podcast currently available on iTunes. I'm Mark from Mark's Got Problems and shit, my shreddies froze. Say hello, Eddie. Hi, Eddie. Yeah, Woo! we are back. That's the first we signifying back. moment that su- suggests that we are back. We're not just back, we are double back.
1: Double back?
0: We are meta-back. What does that
1: even mean? What does that entail?
0: Well, it means that in the last episode, we got our fucking house in order, got our shit together... We got a lot of stuff off our chest that we probably didn't need to get off our chest, and now we are back to the whimsical ways of yore.
1: Oh, man, it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. How you feeling? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm tired, but good. Good tired. You know when you sit down and you get your hoodie on and you just feel like you're wrapped in a big marshmallow and you're like, you know what I feel like today? Some vaults of whimsy. Yeah. Some whim. So just that's so- how I'm feeling. So but I'm we man. have... Before we get into everything, we have some housekeeping to, uh, to just address real quick. And as many of our astute listeners may have heard, we have a new theme tune.
0: Yeah, we kind of glossed over that in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, just we?
1: whatever, whatever. But it's a theme tune recorded and sung by Mark himself.
0: God, don't tell people that.
1: <laughs> oh Well, now they know. The cat's out of the bag, man. It's really <laughs> good. I really like it. It's whimsical. It's cheeky. It's a bit sexy. A little bit tongue and cheek. It's like a little bit
0: of a nipple slippage. Like, I'm wearing a v-neck that's slightly too low and my nipple comes loose.
1: The thing is, you are actually wearing a v-neck that's slightly too slow, Mark. Too, too slow? Too low, even. Slow v-neck. <laughs> yeah, my, my v-neck's too slow. <laughs> it's, it just, it's really hard to get off. <laughs>
0: Criticizing the way my clothes moves through the fourth dimension. <laughs> yes, basically. Also, another point of housekeeping, you fixed your microphone, I can tell.
1: (laughs) Yes, I did. Uh, Well, hopefully I did. Um, I I was recording my microphone through an EQ setting that I'd set up before for an acoustic guitar which was boosting the bass far more than it needed to for my absolutely lovely voice. So I did sound a bit like I was talking through five pillows. Uh,
0: to be honest, I think that's just to your ears, really, isn't it? Because you're, you're <laughs> attuned to these kind of things. I, I, thought, I thought the edit sounded okay last time, and well, uh, definitely not know, horrible. Just in Can...
1: case people didn't think, like, like, is he being strangled while he records? Hopefully I should sound a bit nicer now. Nice.
0: We should also say that if you were worried about the tone of the last podcast, then don't worry because uh, we're going to be talking about some heads coming off their bodies and shit, and we're going to get right <laughs> back into the whimsical nature That's of the, the podcast. Yeah,
1: decapitation is very whimsical, mate.
0: Yeah. So, with that Love housekeeping it. out of the way, I have a question for you, Eddie.
1: Oh, okay.
0: How are you, how are you feeling about being asked a question?
1: Oh, I don't know, man. Let me get my uh, thinking cap on.
0: Bring bring your stuff together. Get yourself gathered.
1: Yep, I'm gathered.
0: So, Eddie, people often muse that they'd like to change certain features of themselves. I often sometimes think that I'd like to change the shape of my chin because I've got a bit of a, you know, it looks like a bit of a bum on my face, actually.
1: (laughs) You have a bum chin going on.
0: I definitely do. Is that where you hide it behind
1: the beard? Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say.
0: Yeah, man, there are four cheeks on my face, if you know what I mean. (laughs) If you could change one part of yourself, what would it be?
1: Um, us... Going to get too that's ri- Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> if it, honestly, <laughs> it's too big. No, no, let's not go there. Um, <laughs> plus nine, <laughs> plus nine, random joke, cut it out. It's nine big, <laughs> <laughs> but what I would probably say, um, is i have very small hands don't take that in whatever they that it's not true what they say about men with small hands but i have very small hands and i play the bass <laughs> which is a very big instrument and it's just like i always think that, very big uh, with can, your hands mate well yeah, hey yeah I, I well i play with a very big instrument double entendre but boom, um chicka wow wow <laughs> um but yeah so maybe maybe just like you know elongate my fingers a bit Elongate your fingers <laughs> so I like, can. I don't know. Use them as chopsticks. Oh, oh. what about this? Like you, you, know, you know when you um you have like a cold and your nose runs. Yeah. Can I just get rid of the nose and just like smell through some kind of like receptor that isn't nose shaped? Like can can't the holes come out of the side rather than down so it doesn't always like drip when you have a runny nose? <laughs> the Lord Voldemort effect. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> it's a good look for him.
0: He was, yeah, it was a good look for him he wasn't just a uh, disgusting dictator of, of wizard kind he was also pragmatic in his
1: in his nose choice exactly love it so what
0: we've what we've figured out here is that you've actually got a couple of things that you'd like to change if if truth be told
1: yeah i mean keep i like my face
0: keep like, yeah keep the face keep the face keep the face
1: if you change my face no one will know who i am
0: <laughs> well you're just a floating <laughs> voice
1: in people's headphones <laughs>
0: Given that we both got a couple of features that we'd like to change, what if alert. you could just oh. change your entire body?
1: Entire body. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I, I could get like an Arnold Schwarzenegger-style body and be really buff all the time. <laughs> yes,
0: he yes, awesome. could. So that'd be awesome. So we're gonna. This, this is where we're gonna unceremoniously ram in um, the head <laughs> the head transplant story that's been circulating the internet
1: for yeah. probably the last what, about a couple of weeks. Has it been that long? Well, it's. We've been hearing about it for uh, almost years now. The guy's been rambling about it. But um (laughs) it's since I think it's since the last week that there was like rumors of him actually moving forward with it, and now we're getting all the details trickling through over over the last like few days. Yeah,
0: so according to these rumors, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen this year. Which is crazy. I mean, as it turns out, excitement on this topic apparently, according to my sources, is still very premature. So Okay. Apparently an article recently written by um, Brain Decoder, which is a website, I'm not actually sure of the veracity of them, I've, I just saw it today in research for this show, um, that it urges <laughs> us not to take the subject too seriously, despite the media coverage, so we're not fucking going to. Uh, um,
1: honestly, Mark, have we ever taken anything seriously here?
0: Well, I think we got a bit serious last time, didn't we? Yeah, well, ignoring that. Let's Stop talking about that now, it's <laughs> over, it's done!
1: <laughs> Nobody listen to it, it's fine And also, nobody listen to it <laughs> just, no, just leave it just, just, just leave it, it's fine This is the one called... sh-
0: So, we're not fucking going to take it seriously What we will do though, is use it to introduce some shit We sort of like chatting and thinking about In our spare time
1: Yeah, we've had some thoughts, man It's an interesting thing, it brings up a lot of interesting ideas And concerns But um, before we get into that, should we go through What it actually is, in case anyone's been living under a rock And doesn't know about the, uh, the nitty gritty Of what's going down Sounds good, man. So, uh, he is an Italian neurosurgeon, isn't he? Of oh. some kind? I'm not sure of
0: his, his uh, ethnic origin, but I mean, well, I'll, go, I'll mean, go with that. not that
1: it's important. He's a neurosurgeon, and yep. um, he wants to conduct the world's first human head transplant. So, he's got a transplant, transplant. How would you pronounce that? I say you... transplant. Okay, we'll go with transplant. Anyway, etymology aside, etymology? Who cares? That aside...
0: (laughs) We're whimsical. We're not going into that (laughs) academic shit. Who
1: cares? Um, That aside... um, So he has actually found a volunteer to do this on. So he's actually going to try and move forward with this very, very intrusive and very radical surgery.
0: (laughs) He's actually fucking found somebody.
1: (laughs) He's actually found somebody. Now, to be fair, it's a Russian bloke who has a very rare um, sort of muscular degenerative disease that stops all of his muscles in the body don't grow. And um I mean there's there's photos of him he doesn't look in in a a fantastic physical shape should we say he Yeah, is, it's um... been
0: quite widely publicized. I think
1: his name's Valery Spiridonov. That's an awesome name, man. Amazing, isn't it? Spiridonov. I the, I love Russian names. I think there there's something really like um empowering about them. Yeah, they're
0: strong, aren't they? They make Yeah, you feel they like... are.
1: <gasps> oh.
0: <laughs> so so Eddie, how's he how's he going to go about this? How's he get, wh- how's the transplant well... going to work and and what's he doing it for?
1: Well, it's um well, he's doing it to stick a man's head on someone else's body, but, um, basically, just for the gigs, just mate. It's fine. Human progress. So, uh, from what I can understand. Kids and gigs. Of- <laughs> yeah, man, why not? Ever done uh, it before? No, fuck it, let's go. What? From what I've heard, the method of, go, of going back in Layman's term is he has to obviously sever the head from the body, which includes mm. all of the veins and arteries, all of the nerve endings and the spinal column. Yeah. um, And the, the problem is that obviously when people have had damage to the spinal, any form of severance, it has mostly just destroyed the connections and it can't be fixed. That's how people get paralysed in bad accidents and, and of those ilk. But sure. what they want to do is Aren't they going to cut it with a very, very super fine diamond blade? I think
0: that's the plan. For those with a little bit of neurosurgical knowledge, or or kind of neurological knowledge, uh, the process is called cephalosomatic linkage
1: that's a mouthful yeah i know
0: and it's been done before actually successfully in monkeys as far as i'm aware in 1970 and this um this this surgeon sergio canavero he originally published this paper in 2013 in surgical neurology and he where he gives this proposal for a surgical procedure which apparently sort of builds on the success of this this method that was used in monkeys um the, the previous trouble with the monkey
1: experiment it didn't die <laughs> i think it did eventually It died yeah. after like nine days of suffering and not being able to move so when you say it was successful i don't agree yeah i think you i think that's probably <laughs> your concerns are probably shared with
0: most of the medical community at the moment <laughs> and, and, and the problem arose from the fact that they couldn't actually transplant at the time all of the nerve endings and the blood vessels from the spinal column but Canavero believes he's... Cracked it. He's cracked the case. And how's he going to do this? He's going to do it by cooling Spirinoff's head down to around negative 15 degrees.
1: <laughs> that's, a, that's not something we should laugh about. But it's just... Yeah, what are you going to do? Ah, chuck some ice on it, cut it off. It's not that hard, is it?
0: Get it in a bucket, get it on some
1: ice. <laughs> I to stick a beer in there while I'm at it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I need to steady my
1: hands. Keep it out in the garden. Keep it cool. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And as
0: you said, he's going to use this very, very finely tuned instrument lop the head off, taking great care and attention to keep the nerves of the spinal column intact, and then with a nice brew of polythene glycol, he's going to fuse them together on the body of a headless human donor, and this, according to Canavero, could be achievable with the right funding and support this
1: December. December, right? Okay, wow. And also, December, cold if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, so maybe the cooling process will be a bit quicker. (laughs) You know, just open a window, it might cool it down a few degrees for you. (laughs) Amazing. Um, um, so, polythene glycol, I imagine, is some kind of m- medical glue. I yeah, have, why not? I sure. have no knowledge of medicine or v- a very basic level of biology here. So
0: Oh, it'll do. I mean, yeah. It's me- let's call it medical
1: glue. <laughs> let's call it neurological glue. Oh, that'll do. Yeah, whatever. <laughs>
0: sort of like a neurological solder. Let's think of it like that.
1: I have soldered some wires before, so yeah, okay. But yeah, the whole I'll thing
0: the-, the whole thing sounds amazing, right? So, But not according to, apparently, as it turns out, almost the entirety of the neurosurgical uh, community and 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 us because obviously they asked us <laughs> yeah oh <laughs> they asked yeah opinion. I, I,
1: every medical decision goes through me
0: Yes, <laughs> ready um yeah. so um there's this guy dr chad gordon um who's apparently chad
1: gordon he sounds like some kind of action hero
0: he sounds like the hero of a really trashy 80s b movie he does chad gordon professor of plastic and reconstructive surgery and neurological surgery at johns hopkins university he's he, he, there's a quote here um where he's basically just said there's no way he's going to hook somebody's brain up to somebody's spinal cord and have them be functional. Like, he's not even beating around the bush or going into the nitty gritty. He's just like, they won't be able to live. <laughs>
1: like, yeah, like... <laughs> I mean, because, like, um, the... what? How do you pronounce the doctor's name again?
0: Uh, Canavero, I think.
1: Ca- oh, Dr. Canavero. Okay, yeah. But yeah, so Canavero, Dr. Canavero, has, hasn't has he basically gone like, yeah, well, you know, we stick it on, tie the tubes up, he goes in the coma for a couple of weeks to let him, like, you know, let it heal up, and then, yeah, he can now, now he can move. <laughs> He doesn't even think that that's a, yeah. that's that, that's him as a cockney uh man with a man with a white van sort of thing. Yeah. But like um he honestly thinks that there won't be any sort of like well I imagine the man will have to like have some kind of physiotherapy to learn to walk again or if he's ever walked. But yeah. um he honestly thinks that like after waking up he'll just yeah you can move now.
0: But you next to the radiator for a bit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now when you wake up your head might be a bit cold but we've got you a hat. So uh, just you know, put it on. Your arms work now. There you go.
0: Yeah, I mean, give it, give it, give it the pushback from the medical community. I don't even, I don't even care if it's going to work or not. I just really like to imagine what the conversation must have been like where Canavero tried to persuade Spiridonov to try the procedure. So it's <laughs> sort of like, oh well, um, this is Spiridonov now. Um, how are you actually going to do this, doctor? Oh, don't worry, mate. We're just going to uh, you know freeze your head,
1: lop it off, and uh, <laughs> glue it on a stiff. <laughs> We found a stiff, lovely bloke. Um, doesn't have oh. a six pack, but you can do that because you'll be able to move in it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit like it's a bit like when you when you're buying a house. Well, I say that, I've never bought a house, but you know what you, you see about it and the, like the the showman is walking around like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a bit of a doer upper, but you know, <laughs> it, it'll last you a it'll last you a good ten years, twenty years, easy. You know, <laughs> it's it, you know, uh, instead of it being like, um, you know, no no mold, you'd be like, you know. Not much cholesterol, yeah. Uh, Joints all in working order, yeah. Plumbing's good, so, you know, yeah.
0: Get some new central wheat, he's a bit chilly after it.
1: (laughs) He's a bit stiff at the moment, but, you know. (laughs) (laughs) is dead <laughs> oh
0: bloody hell well okay so let, let, let's try and let's try and at least give a little bit of credence to what dr Canavero says because i'm sure he's very serious and you know he's probably spent a lot of time thinking about this um <laughs> apparently the, the freezing pro well is it really freezing the the, the chilling process the, what the, do we call it? the, the, the um,
1: chilling process yeah like apparently
0: that. yeah apparently in, in theory um that's just supposed to extend the period of the time that his cells this is spirited cells can survive without oxygen
1: which, yeah i imagined that makes kind of made sense
0: yeah on the face of it it sounds plausible doesn't it but i mean every that... instance of of, of 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 somebody
1: freezing
0: that i know results in the instant death of the person
1: <laughs> like obviously they they chill organs that that, uh, that are going for transplant your brain is an organ uh, is you as well but yeah. um it's it's uh... We have, like, the sort of in the sci-fi and futurology kind of thing, we have the idea of, like, cryo-freezing people. Like cryostasis. Them. Yeah, cryostasis. Is that kind of not what, like, he's quite aiming for that, but only just sort of going, like, yeah, yeah, just freeze it.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. Um, the, the only pitfall with that technology is that we don't currently have the means to reanimate the uh,
1: <laughs> uh I thought you meant the like, cryostatic. the only pitfall with that is that we can't do it. Yeah, so, we, uh,
0: it, it's sort of conjectural technology, like we're just waiting for a point in the future where we will have the wherewithal to do it.
1: So so what you're saying is the problem with this status technology is that we can freeze the person, but we can't unfreeze them safely. So what yeah. you're saying is what we can do right now is we can freeze people to death. But 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 we can't but you're dead then. So precisely. In the UK we had like a tabloid story, like one of those trashy things, about like there was a teenager who had cancer and asked to be frozen. I heard about this, yeah. Whatever happened to that? Did she get frozen? Did they
0: I believe she is presently in a, in a freezer cabinet somewhere.
1: <laughs> I think,
0: is, I she, think, is she I think actually? She's pro- I think she has been put into cryostasis, yeah. Oh
1: my god. Well, I'll tell you what, next episode, we'll, rev- we'll, we'll have a little five-minute section where we tell you the answers, and maybe our lovely listeners will already know, because they'll have a week to have Googled it.
0: And if you do know the answer, feel free to, to leave a comment. Oh, good one. <laughs> Gotta have to get that in there. Oh, Jesus Christ. I was just thinking when you were talking about that, if your head is transported onto a different body, do you then assume, like, the identity of both the donor and your
1: your your own identity like yeah but i mean it is it is an interesting point that like you are literally taking someone else's body and you know that they could have what if they have tattoos you now have their tattoos and what if those things get you noticed
0: yeah it sort of triggers some sort of futuristic system like surveillance system
1: yeah i mean it it, yeah i i guess like you said if, if it will go on medical record that like this person has died and donated their body, but... I can
0: see there's some glitches to iron out in the early beta. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, before, before it's a common thing that happens all the time, if it ever does become that, um, yeah, you might get caught up, like, the, sorry, we, so we have to investigate you, someone with your tattoos, the tattoos that match yours, murdered this person, and you'll have to sit there going, well, funny, it was actually this body, but not my head. Yeah, man. And they're not going to believe you. <laughs> until you get the medical records up,
0: until so you get your papers out, and <laughs> I see your license and registration, please, sir. <laughs> your body license and registration. <laughs> your, bo-
1: your body. Yeah. Well, yeah. You yeah. you might have to register the body. Like this isn't actually. This is now my body. It's like when you buy a used car, you take over all the paperwork and the insurance and stuff like that. What about life insurance? Because if you were to go and get life insurance, they'd obviously give you a physical and be like, "Oh, you can't." But like, this isn't it's- my body. This. I was. I was just like. I, I imagine there's not many body donors out there. You, you don't. Point. You're not really like, oh, for so much choice. You probably just get what you're given.
0: Do you, do you think at some point you'd actually be able to just start specifying? You just sort of being an organ donor. <laughs> well, I st- want to be s- six
1: foot four. <laughs> no, I mean you.
0: You start with the body, and then you just sort of eliminate all the things that you don't you don't want to donate. So you could you could say you know oh you know everything's up for donation, but
1: my balls. <laughs> You can't have those, they're mine. I want to be buried with them. Well, I mean that's the thing. I recently signed up as an organ donor, because I don't know why I wasn't to begin with. But um you can specify what you want to give. So, you know, you can it was like, you know, you can take or you are not allowed to take and it has like eyes. Apparently some people don't want to have like I guess it's for like if you have an open casket and they don't want people to have their, their eyes ripped out, liver and all that, and you can specify what you want to keep and what you'd be happy to donate. It was like a little tick then, box thing. Yeah, but then, you know, could you? would there be a tip box saying, like, you can have my whole body?
0: Even though I would be dead, and I know that it's completely an irrational fear, I wouldn't like the idea that somebody is now responsible for my body, because I, I just seem to have such a close relationship with my body that I don't like <laughs> the idea that somebody else can assume that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it is really interesting, because also I was going to say, both me and you, or you and I, um, mm. we have tattoos. Oh, we do, yeah, yeah. It's true. So there's also the fact that, and like, and I'm I'm planning to get a new one in the future. And obviously, when you tattoo yourself, that is a well, not yourself. I haven't got the gun and done it, but when you go and get a tattoo, you are decorating your body with something that means something to you.
0: Absolutely, and it's it's and much then, more difficult. It's not like you're buying a buying a house. You you, you can't just redecorate too easily. No, I mean,
1: well, well, I mean, laser <laughs> removal
0: just, and, and things like that. But it's it's expensive yeah, and not available. Yeah, it's to expensive
1: everyone. and and it it can scar. Yeah, you know, it's not just like a clean slate. It's not like a skin graft, and even they're not great. You know, it also brings up a, the question of you're saying like someone has my body. Mm. Is it your body or is it just you? Yeah, good are question. you are you just your mind or are you your body as well? Because I read um, a little article. I can't remember which one it was, but one of the um, the uh, a specialist that was being interviewed was saying that you're not just your mind your your mind your body they integrate together yeah and so if you just slap someone else's brain into someone else's body they might not well are not very likely to just get on and make new connections because obviously your body isn't just like here's a brain and now we're going to attach a body to your your brain and your body grow as one
0: yeah that seems plausible and, yeah, uh, and and especially given that a lot of people suffer with uh, things like uh, dysmorphia and dysphoria, um, that yeah, there could be a you know, there's a definite case to be made that 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 the mind could somehow, or at least whatever constitutes the mind in neurophysical terms, could reject the new biology that it's being sort of uploaded or downloaded into.
1: For sure, and also, I mean, th- this is a ri- uh, in the grand scheme of things, this wouldn't be a big issue. But um, what about like spatial awareness? What if I, like, uh, if you put my brain, suddenly, my head, onto someone who was, like, much taller than I am, I'd be crashing into things and knocking things over all the time because I'm not used to how, you know... Like, they always say that when you're a teenager, you're so clumsy all the time because you're growing and you go to read something, but your arm's longer than you think it is.
0: Yeah, man, it seems like there definitely have to be a period of adjustment where you kind of get used mm. to the new <laughs> the new hardware, <laughs> as it were. And,
1: well, yeah, it's crazy.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, th- also, you raise a more general point, sort of, at what point does... At what point does the self integrate with the with the biological? So, I mean, this, this can sort of be crystallized by, um, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of the way that the frontier of biomedical research is progressing at the moment. It doesn't seem that far-fetched that at some point in the future, a market of designer bespoke bodies or parts could be grown <laughs> and produced and bought and sold. Oh
1: my God, yeah. I mean, like we do, we can, we're getting to, you know, like stem cell research and stuff like that. Especially with the uh, the new kind of they're growing uh, meat. So they're growing muscle um, in a, like a vat so that it's ethical meat. It's still meat. It's still exactly genetically the same as, let's say, if you killed a cow and ate it. But it was never a sentient being. It was It's just a pile of protein. Um, but, you know, so we can grow muscle.
0: Yeah, there are two examples that I'm aware of, and one is where they actually use um, amino acids and proteins that, that have been extracted from from living cow tissue, and then it, they mm. synthesize it that way. And the yes. second, which I'm actually finding more compelling because it just completely eliminates all ethical concerns of extracting um, uh, cells from a, from a cow in the first place, is actually using uh, proteins from peas and taking those same... Um, atoms and just arranging them in a meat-like oh, structure wow. and building it oh, from plant
1: protein. Is that the impossible food?
0: Come? I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. The impossible food.
1: And apparently a lot of people who've tried it in America have said like it, it tastes like, like your average beef burger. They made a patty out of it. Average beef burger. T- tastes like that. Maybe a bit better than an average one. Not as good as a full-blown expensive steak.
0: Yeah, yeah. And apparently they've managed to really well synthesize up the texture and and the smell Mm. and stuff like that. So for people that are really into their their meat products, it might be a viable ethical alternative um, to getting off meat if you have to,
1: if you want to. Yeah. But I mean, moving back to the head transplant and you saying like growing bodies, I Mm. mean, that's obviously something in the future, but it's not totally unimaginable that we could grow a headless body ready for transplant. And if you know the person's like blood type and other you know compatibility issues that you need to address, you could just gr- build them a body or have like you know this is this one has the exact the uh, specs that you need here you go It's really interesting
0: because it seems like the field of cosmetics and medicine in that case would be converging in novel technological applications. Mm. I mean we already have we already have cases of sort of so-called designer prosthetics which aim to sort of blend pragmatic medical function with in some instances, really beautiful aesthetics. So, um, if you check out uh, the alternative limb project, which is um,
1: oh yeah, I've seen that. It's amazing.
0: It's incredible, really incredible. I mean, some of these constructions, they literally are living art.
1: Yeah, um, it's brilliant. And
0: it's actually, you know, giving um, paraplegics and quadriplegics and people that with disabilities a real sense of identity in their prostheses. I mean, that that sort of contributes a little bit to the question of how much the the, the concept of the self and um and and the body that's constructed integrate at what point do they integrate um because if some person's had some measure of control and input on the aesthetics of the of the the limb that they're constructing to replace a biological one with a technological one then it seems like that would be more a part of their self i'm going to go back to the tattoo thing like there's a there's a reason and a structure and a design that they've spent a lot of time thinking about seems like it'd be more part of their identity than just say the general medical prostheses
1: yeah, no, definitely. And like different. you could like you said you could definitely see it as uh, obviously it's not just a like design, oh look like, like a tattoo is purely aesthetic whereas oh, obviously yeah. people who need prosthetic limbs need limbs, you know. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yeah. but there's no reason why you can't therefore have something that has a bit of flair and design in it. Exactly. And this
0: the this theme it. of of blending um cosmetics and aesthetics with medical function i mean it's even gone so far as to extend into certain fields of research that we might call human improvements whatever you sort of think about that particular term um, mm. And we already have examples of, of this strand starting to converge with research from the likes of um, Aubrey de Grey, who works out of the Sens, SENS Research Foundation based in California. And he aims to pioneer, or he has been doing for a, quite a few years now, a set of medical interventions in order to eradicate the aging process. I mean, I don't want to get wrapped right around oh, the axle wow. too much about that, but I mean, it just shows that the technology and the human sense of 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 the body and the self are all kind of converging at the frontiers of biomedical research at the moment. Continuing along that thread, um, one of these offshoot fields doesn't focus solely on physical attributes, but rather looks at ways of integrating consciousness or the human mind with mechanical systems. And we're going to go to a segue alert. alert. um, And I'm going to give a little update here on a film um, or on the film world which i promise might seem a little bit more relevant in a minute even though it might seem completely random at the onset <laughs>
1: that's that's the best kind of segue though.
0: Man, so i'm going to talk to you a little bit about failure of ghost in the shell
1: oh i haven't seen ghost in the shell
0: you haven't seen it have you, have you ever seen no. the the anime the
1: the original anime was one of my favorite things when i was like a teenager i was into my animus and uh yeah man i really liked ghost in the Shell. it was cool
0: Obviously hugely influential on in the cinematic world since, mm. I think it, I think it's 1995 it was released. Um, yeah, something like that. And it's obviously had major influence on movies like The Matrix. Um, and I'm going to sound like a complete fanboy when I say what I'm about to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably going to just be like, Mark, shut the fuck up. You are talking absolutely wank. Let's just dive right into it. So after initially receiving good reviews by several reputable media outlets, Ghost in the Shell has not been, you might be surprised to know, a commercial success to achieve comparative wow, lofty really? heights which, yeah it's really not done well at all i mean it hasn't done terribly um i, I think but
1: for what it is it should have done better right yeah
0: i think at last count at the box office it drew something like 2.5 2.8 million which
1: oh wow in
0: comparison to sort of blockbusters at such lofty heights as Sort of Beauty and the Beast and and the other movies that have come out in the in the UK cinemas recently not done great.
1: No? Oh, that's not well at all.
0: And it seems to me that after reporting of the limited commercial success, film aggregator websites such as Rotten Tomatoes, which by the way are owned by US movie ticket company Fandango, whose parent company is Time Warner, don't forget. Oh, what? Really? Yeah, man. Rotten Tomatoes is no a time way. warner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time warner owned.
1: That's not very uh that's not very uh independent, is it?
0: Not independent at all, man. It's completely oh, I did com- not know that. I've learned so much today. Yeah, they've <laughs> they've radically increased their number of negative reviews. Now I'm not gonna sit here and call cool media multinational conspiracy, because well, I I'm not sure where we stand legally on that, but <laughs> I'm gonna heavily imply it. <laughs> It's fine, as long as it's implied. (laughs) Just kidding, man. Because obviously there's absolutely no way that a Time Warner-owned film aggregator is going to use any excuse possible to subtly influence public perception on a rival production company's, in this case, Paramount Pictures movie. Uh, No, sorry, but No,
1: definitely not.
0: (laughs) Obviously, I'm not trying to say that Rotten Tomatoes is directly responsible for the widespread criticism of the movie, but I am saying the lack of commercial success of Arrival's film would seem like a great opportunity to drive the bandwagon up to your lofty platform, wouldn't it? Hmm. (laughs) But I mean, the film—the film, the film re- initially on on release re- received pretty good reviews by several reputable outlets, such as the Guardian and Forbes. We're getting sidetracked. I bring it up because of the movie's theme, which is obviously okay. a woman who's in mortal peril gets her consciousness downloaded or uploaded—I don't know what it would be in that case—into a cybernetic body in order to do the whims of a covert nice. government faction yeah do you like how i rammed that in
1: yeah gotta gotta get the whims in man
0: this brings us on to our what is it fourth topic of the day are we we're doing
1: well today man man we're 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 getting cutting through them we
0: are covering
1: shit we're getting shit we're covering done covering all the bases
0: so i want to i want to bring that up because it reminds me of a piece of technology that's um, that was talked about in 2016 But it's really ramping up now On the on the media scene The new media Ooh. scene um, And it's called The Neural Lace I think you've heard of it
1: Ah uh, yes Mr. Musk My favourite, favourite human being of all time <laughs> Mr. <Monsieur> Musk <laughs> Ooh, Monsieur Musk Let me smell uh, your I armpit am... <laughs> Jesus Although with Elon Musk Probably would Um I bet he wears a really good cologne.
0: Yeah, he just looks like he smells great. He looks, he? He's that kind yeah, of guy. Yeah, he, lo- he looks <laughs>
1: like someone. who's just, yeah, you know, it's subtle, but it's—it's it's there and it's good.
0: Yeah, I, I know, I know, we crito- criticize ourselves quite harshly for taking the piss out of Steve Jobs in our first couple of episodes.
1: Oh yeah, I forgot about that.
0: <laughs> but in terms of like big business, multinational, technological moguls, I mean, Elon Musk, fucking hell. Comparatively, I mean, he's got it down.
1: <laughs> yeah he's got it down and also we're talking about how good he smells his name is musk yeah yeah exactly he must have a good one he has a <laughs> he has no. a great musk he has a great musk elon musk <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i i love everything that uh, elon musk is doing right now one of my favorite stories about elon musk um just as a quick sidetrack um uh, a it, on the german autobahn a tesla some guy driving a tesla mm. saw um someone had like either fallen asleep i think he passed out at the wheel this guy on the tesla drove past saw that there was a man passed out on the wheel and used his car to like slow him down like bumped into him like brought him to a stop
0: Dude, I saw this. It was amazing. And then
1: yeah, and he obviously trashed the car, like not terribly, but like broke the car up. It wasn't in a good state. Elon Musk just paid for the damages to the Tesla. Yeah. Like, yeah, hey, you did a good job. I'll fix your Tesla for you. That's cool. Which I think is awesome. Yeah, he's, he's
0: kind of got to do that in a way, hasn't he? Because he's got to show yeah. that he endorses his product. But I really like that it kind of shows another way in which um, humans are kind of becoming more and more precariously integrated with their technology. Because not only are and- we now precariously integrated with the internet, we're also precariously integrated with... Pretty much everything that could be said to have some kind of moral responsibility
1: for us, like our cars. Uh, the, have you taken part in, I think it was Harvard that did the ethics test of whether or, or what happens in, a, in an accident with a driverless car?
0: I didn't see that, man.
1: Oh, so Harvard put out like uh, to the public, trying to like, crowdsourcing ethics, as it were, and got loads of people to take this test on, like, you know, if you're driving and someone, let's say it's on a narrow bridge, yeah. You're in a driverless car, and someone's jaywalking, walks out in front of the car. The car can either run them over or go off the bridge. That's the only two options. No time to break. Yep. What should it do? And it's testing what people's morals are. So I think on that case, the jaywalker gets flattened. Yeah. Because they sh- they're crossing illegally. But then it's like, what if there's a dog ran in front of it? Or what if there's two cars with this? and You know, that, so crowdsourcing ethics. Interesting. I mean,
0: so if you're... If you're as excited by us and the well-centered overlord Elon Musk uh, uh, about Thank the integration of, of, of humanity and technology, let's have a little think about the Neural lace because he's put some serious startup capital into a company called Neuralink, which yes. is his new company, which unsurprisingly is supposed to be developing neural technology. Um, and it sort of came all started coming out in 2016 um, and interestingly the very early media releases from neuralink controversially claimed that they'd first be focusing on solving what they see as neurological hardware problems and i'm i'm, I'm going to pass that with some inverted commas because i'm not necessarily sure i agree with that that phraseology okay um, yeah. but like epilepsy and major depressive disorder um, yeah
1: and also um there were a lo- all the articles that have been uh talking about neuralink and, and things like this um also talk about um how they've alleviated some of these symptoms of parkinsons with like an electrode in the brain really yeah
0: i thought the current state of research on the neuralace was that it was being conducted in mice at the moment and they've they've sort of successfully managed to integrate this yeah, this wire this, mesh.
1: this um this parkinsons thing was uh not really actually to do with neuralace they it, they implanted an electrode in in someone's brain not a lace just a single electrode um that regulated the brain's electrical activity of some okay. kind. So this is this is separate
0: neurological work.
1: It's separate neurological work. However, obviously related. when you get it, it is very related, because I imagine the neuralace could be able to do similar things, similar applications there.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm 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 I'm, I'm caught up. Um so up speed. <laughs> but you know, uh, recent interest because I mean obviously getting rid of epilepsy and major depressive disorder, the very hard mm. problems and, and, you know. But recent interest has been centred on the so-called Neuralase technology, which apparently, I didn't know this because I haven't actually, I'm a science fiction Luddite. Well, I say that, I'm, <laughs> a, I'm actually not. Um, but I, I hadn't heard of this series um, called uh, Culture by Ian M. Banks, and that's apparently where yes. the term neural lace has been pulled from. Yeah,
1: so I have I have not read reference fictional work, but I have heard that, yes, and I will be interested in checking it out.
0: So so the premise for it is that Elon Musk thinks, and he said so in public quite a few times, you can check out a couple of videos on YouTube, we'll put some links in on the blog and try and get them elsewhere, um, but he said that there's a sense in which humans are already cyborg so if we take the definition of a cyborg as being an organism which is in some way integrated with an automated or mechanical system under that definition mm. you could argue that we're already inseparably integrated with the internet or our mobile phone mobile where phones we're, yeah we're, computers and you know there, there are other devices which we're constantly cashing out you know responsibility of our cognitive heavy lifting to for example you know your your TomTom or your sat nav or whatever or a calculator yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. more simply, We've a calculator. We've
1: had those for ages, but yeah, a similar point.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, calculators used to literally be people sat with an abacus and a piece of paper. You know, that was a job title for a human yeah. being.
1: Also, how do you use an abacus? Can we just, <laughs> do you know?
0: You flick the beads and... um.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I get that. Because I, the, I see abacuses more now as a children's toy. Yeah. Then there's something that we actually would use as a thing, and that, that that is a really interesting for me anyway. That's a really interesting sort of st- like it shows the state of affairs that what we used to use for mathematical heavy lifting is now a toy that we give to babies to like as just as a sensory toy. Yeah, isn't in is that madness. cute?
0: Isn't that cute? That really integral <laughs> piece of technology for like Victorians <laughs> yeah, is now a, a bit kid's like...
1: plaything. In a hundred years, do you think, like, we'll be giving, like, babies, like, An iPhone. iPhones? <laughs> I mean, it's already kind of happening. You see, like like, I've seen, like, parents on the tube and the bus, like... Um, you know, giving their kids the phone to play with or watch videos on it and stuff and, you know, whether or not you agree or disagree with that, I don't care because I don't intend on having children. But kids are getting very, very adept at using this technology. Yeah,
0: maybe we'll just, in the future, we'll start cashing out, like, parental responsibility to the iPhone. Just be like, if a kid asks you a a hard question, you're just like, shut the fuck up, kid. Google it. (laughs) 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 If a kid asks a question, you're
1: just like, ask Siri. And he gives you a death stare from the (laughs) playpen. Like Stewie, sorry, I was having the glass. Uh, I will, I will ask my virtual assistant. Ask Jeeves. <laughs> um, anyway.
0: So tell me, tell me a little bit about because we, we, you know, we we talked about this piece of technology a bit ambiguously that it's supposed to integrate with with the brain. Um, what's it meant to
1: yes. do? From what I'm gathered from it, again, I am probably not the best person to ask about you know neurobiology and integrating it with technology, but are we the best um, people to ask about anything <laughs> no to be honest we really, maybe maybe you ask us about doritos
0: imagine integrated doritos
1: oh cuz then you could taste a dorito but you wouldn't get the calories cuz electrodes that fire that give you that taste you just insert that in your brain oh, brilliant
0: electrodes they really fucking lock in the flavor damn damn <laughs>
1: electrodes boy <laughs> but um so uh, n- neuralace is um it's very self-expandatory It is a lace of electrodes that are implanted in the surface of the s- of the brain the idea is it can both do the medical aspects of regulating brain activity, and so that could stop things like strokes. It could help Alzheimer's, epileptic seizures, seizures, Parkinson's, maybe. Um, also, um, wow! So
0: it's literally going to kind of act like a neural thermostat and try and regulate the functions of your brain.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair, that is it. Like, it sounds very scientific, but we have people have pacemakers that do yeah. that with your heart, and there's no reason why you couldn't be able to. We have done tests where. Things like anxiety can be uh, helped with um, carefully administered electrodes to the brain learning a shit-ton in this episode because I, I originally thought, because I haven't really
0: read too much literature about this subject, I um, I, I thought it was just sort of like going to try and hook you up to the internet.
1: Elon Musk also thinks that we could do that. Now, I don't know if this is uh, definitely reference material, but I've read in articles that some people are saying that you could use, uh, the aim is like you could use it to um, increase your memory by expanding the storage of your brain. It uh, directly interface with the in the internet and right. even you know like upload memory
0: i'm seeing immediate problems with this kind of technology because wouldn't it just massively increase the scope of potential things like phishing scams because I, I, I today oh, i got like
1: they fish your brain
0: yeah exactly i got this really really well architected tax refund email you know the kind you get that, that sort of has hmrc logos on it and things like that
1: mm, oh, okay yeah
0: and I, I quickly looked at it and had to do a double take because i thought I can't have a tax rebate because end of the tax year is you know just coming up, so they they're not going to send me a notification this early. And I noticed yeah. as well that it was originally sent to another email address, um, and it was uh. linked through to this one. So I was like, oh fuck that. But I can imagine that if you've got if you've got like this neural mesh that's integrated with your brain, and somebody fires you like a notification that's really well structured, they can also presumably if it if it's got technology to regulate your neural function. They can induce hallucinations and all sorts of <laughs> things going- Oh, wow,
1: going... yeah, I didn't think of that. Especially, yeah, if you have electrodes, like, implanted in your brain, if someone surged one of them and made it spark... You, you can create hallucinations by doing that. Again, we've, we have done that in scientific experiments, you know, using electrodes in the brain.
0: I mean, maybe 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 we're being a little bit optimistic about the specificity with which somebody will be able to design a hallucination. I mean, surely, you know, they're probably just going to be able to zap a certain region of the cortex or something like that. And well, yeah. It'll come up with whatever, whatever hallucination that particular arrangement of neurons produces when they fire. But,
1: but then at the same time, you know, if you can... If you can sort of alleviate symptoms of like Parkinson's and you know epileptic seizures, could you maybe cause them through doing that?
0: Good question. Yeah, could you?
1: Yeah, and also if you if we get to the point far in the future where we're uploading memories, what if somebody um could hack your memories as it were, access your memories when like you don't want them to, and then they know like your pin number or whatever we're using at the time there, you know?
0: What could some of the positives be? Because I feel like we're just we're, we're making a doom and gloom scenario here about the neural well, Ace. I'm I sure mean, there are probably some. some
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I mean, the, the musky idea of one. having. Uh, well, again, the positives, of course, regulating these neurological disorders. definite, definite, intrinsic, good there. Amazing. Even says. Um, so I'm reading here. Uh, Brian Johnson, who is a founder of Colonel, who are a company doing something very similar, not neural Ace, but basically doing the same thing in a slightly different way. Um, and it, I'm reading this on tw- techworld.com, but in an interview, um, uh, Johnson says, we know if we put a chip in the brain and release electrical signals, then we can ameliorate symptoms of Parkinson's. This has d- been done for spinal cord pain, obesity, anorexia. Wow. But then he says what hasn't been done is the reading and writing of neural code. So I am think what the, what they're aiming to do is to sort of unlock the understanding of how your brain goes about processing information and the sensory input that we
0: get. I could see this being plausible. Like it's like we should we should definitely post that link um on on the blog to for 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 people to scrutinize at their at their leisure because that that'd be some that's some juicy, juicy ass neurological topics there to get you get balls deep into.
1: And also, I mean this really brings up because when I said about the um, the idea of someone, you know, getting into your memories and seeing your like maybe getting your pin number, for example. But that just made that made me think of something, which is right now my biology is totally fused to technology and all that because I pay through my phone that is unlocked using my fingerprint.
0: That is very true.
1: So now, I know this is going back to the previous thing about the head transplant, but we'll get there. We'll get back to it. But what if you've got someone's body, fingerprints that are used to unlock phones and devices, and, you know, I used to go to a gym where I used my fingerprint to get uh,
0: in. See what we did here? We've run a thread right through the show. Yeah, channel. we have.
1: <laughs> but then, so, but, but, moving back to that, so, if my, that that's an issue with the head transplant, but my biology... I can use to pay for things and access things. What if I could use just my mind to access things? Because it's connected to the internet. It will know that it's me because it scans maybe my neurological patterns or memories or something like that. And I can just pay for things and access things just by physically being there and interfacing with it. This has opened up a realm of possibilities as well. Because what if
0: there was some sort of like... Some Bitcoin-like currency uh, available via the Neuralace that trades in a currency of neurological rewards or payoffs, like a little oxytocin spike, so that you feel happy for a certain period of time. It literally just massages um, oxytocin uptake in the cortex well, and just makes you feel well, like it, it, So, so they might start start incentivizing certain um, certain things online, certain behaviors online, like if you. Uh, if you do this survey, you know, you you get those ads that pop up and go, if you do this survey, you'll get some small monetary reward on PayPal or something like that. What if they could just say, you'll get a little neurological tickle (laughs) that makes you feel really good?
1: Yeah, that could be cool, but also is that not going to really start getting into, like, what if you start getting addicted to these reliable ways to trigger oxytocin being released into your brain? What if you just sit online
0: all day and make a, a, a hobby horse out of just Going through surveys and going. Oh,
1: oh, oh, oh. Well, I mean, to be to be fair, I kind of do that now. Yeah, <laughs> I have definitely spent a few days trying to get as many like PayPal credits just to like buy something on eBay or something. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm not proud of those days, but I've definitely done it.
0: I think that's the crutch crux to pretty much every issue that we talked about so far. It's like it won't really be that much different to what it is now, it'll just be way more complicated.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll just be it'll be much more impressive, but really just the same.
0: It's all bangs and yeah. whistles, but it's down to the same thing. We're in our underwear eating Cheez Its and fucking in our underwear, talking to each <laughs> other online.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because we won't and have to move only- from our
0: bed this time.
1: Or we, and we won't even need like microphones. We could just thoughts.
0: Yeah, exactly. would it just te- well, we, essentially we'll be telepathic, wouldn't we? We'd have, we'd have created yeah, telepathy.
1: and it's it's both amazing and also entirely terrifying.
0: It's yeah, I think it's a cautionary tale, isn't it? It's uh, yeah. We should be scared also, and excited.
1: Because the thing is, as well, I mean, now I'm not saying this is coming out tomorrow, so we've got time to perfect things. But you know, we, we, we <laughs> just Skype. like this podcast. <laughs> Like like this podcast, but, you know, we 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 Skype each other and we you know do this and that. But Skype falls apart and breaks, and we lose connections and stuff like that. But what if you and like how have you had it where like you're transferring a file and it it fails through the um through the transfer and then you lose the file or it corrupts the file? Oh
0: shit, man! What if you download a corrupted file into your neural lace?
1: What well, exactly? Or what if you're uploading a really important memory and you corrupt it and then you lo- do you lose that memory? Do you still remember that memory?
0: It'd be gone in that sense, wouldn't it? It would literally delete yeah. the, the, the neurological hardware that, that contains those memories then you wouldn't be able to access them. Having said that, it's not like your brain stores a little file that contains a memory that you just access every time you think about it. Every time you think about it, you're essentially reconstructing that memory. Your brain would create a, a copy of that memory as soon as it was downloaded into your brain. So just mm. de- d- deleting one piece of like the, the hardware, probably you'd probably still be able to recall it to some extent, if not completely. But maybe
1: not so accurately. yeah
0: yeah maybe yeah maybe yeah maybe it just seem like a vaguer memory
1: but then that also kind of ties into what if you you know witness testimony is not a very accurate thing for legal courts and things like that yeah I mean, it's still used but it's obviously you know there's been psychological tests that show that witness testimony and memory recall yeah is poor and inaccurate but what if all of your memories all the time are uploaded to uh you know the cloud, yeah, and they can just be accessed by whoever needs to access it.
0: Well, that's interesting because then there will be degrees to which individuals will be more or less accountable for their recall. Th- well, yeah, I imagine so. Uh, Having said that, I mean they could just be backing up an incorrect memory more and more. They could have like a really strong conviction or a credence, despite the fact it's false.
1: But what if the neural lace is uploads through this central bank? Should we say um, the direct? Because we don't know, it, it's not, it probably won't you know, record an MP4 file of what you saw. Yeah. But what if it, rec- it stores the code of the exact sensory input that you received in your brain at the time of you seeing that? Like timestamp. Time
0: you get the IMAX, basically. You get like... Yeah,
1: well, you get, the, you get the, uh, the coding for it.
0: Yeah, it's literally like reliving that moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting.
1: You see, because I don't know if you would if get it as like a video thing. You'd probably get it as a string of data it prob- shows this is this is what fires here and where for this exact sensory input
0: yeah, it would probably just massage those neurons in the in the particular way that yields that memory yeah. um so you would you would it would pretty much be like that kind of memory also another thing that's just occurred to me talking about memory do you think that it'll become sort of like a matter of hipster fashion whether you <laughs> you take the old methods of memory techniques like uh, the loki system? People should check that out if they haven't already, which is, um, you know, it's more commonly called Memory Palace Building, which has been popularised by the Sherlock Holmes show. It really does work. It's really, really efficacious. But I'm just wondering whether it will be a matter of sort of trendy-wendy hipsterism if you use those kind of old techniques, or you just rely on the hardware to increase your memory capacity.
1: Well, there's also a thing I read which was um, criticising the idea of the neural lace and things like that. And it was saying... um, it would be very 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 expensive to implement yeah that's true this and so they're saying um and with the ideas of it it being able to uh you know cure things uh cure neurological disorders but also um improve your performance your mental performance because another one of the the ideas of neural Ace is the fact that it might be able to keep you up to speed with ai I... because you're able to directly interface with it it, it doesn't you don't become Mass, obsolete.
0: Mass Effect style.
1: Ma, ma, wow. Yes, Mass Effect wow, style. Wow. 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 <laughs> I've been playing a lot of Mass Effect recently. Yeah, I can but, tell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, but um, the idea they were saying is that it, it can improve your performance and get you you know, much more up to speed and in competition than AI, but it's so expensive that will only the rich people be able to afford it, and then the poor people will be left further and further behind as their mental functions don't keep up. So yeah. not only does the, the the rich-poor divide become more pronounced in wealth, it becomes more pronounced in, in basic neurological function.
0: That's scary. That's a
1: really scary thought. It's, you see, so there's implications that could be bad if they can't find a way to bring it to everyone. That's terrifying. But also, you know what also is terrifying is the idea that we're all connected to this one thing and we become a sort of odd Hive mind sci-fi robot people,
0: sci-fi robot people like the Borg from Star Trek, right.
1: yeah, who are yeah, like like yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. again, the other the other thing as well is, I mean, it's silly, but if we can all, if if everyone was to have it, rather than just the rich and the poor, if everyone was to have it and everyone was connected by their minds, not even through their actions, which can be uh, misunderstood or misinterpreted, just their thoughts themselves are directly in directly connected would would a species of people or any sort of species slowly come to one common understanding and become a hive mind
0: that's scary in certain ways i'd I be more inclined to say that that there would still be gaps in in understanding given people's baseline cognitive function and their apparatus not necessarily being on a par with each other like you've got cases of people that have uh, mental difficulties and people who are kind of more nimble neurologically um, so not us basically not yeah definitely not anyone on this. <laughs> definitely <laughs> not. however well, you are you are you're 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 fucking on fire this Oh this uh, yeah that's
1: only because we're talking about odd sci-fi stuff i love it <laughs> <laughs> i love it but you have d- people having different um ways of thinking about things and different perspectives and stuff like that. but again tying back to the, our first topic what but if we're growing our own bodies, everyone has the same, like, let's say we, everyone has the same physical level. Yeah. And then, so you only have your mind that that might differ. But if everyone is just as able as each other, and if everyone has just as much opportunity as each other, would we not come to one common understanding? And with... Also, with learning difficulties, if we could, if we can regulate the brain and keep it functioning well, would that also not be combated?
0: And with all those questions, I've just been completely precluded from any you know, waiting list for possible head transplants because mine just exploded <laughs> exploded. <laughs> <laughs> no
1: new body can fix this.
0: So I feel we, we've gotten really heavy.'ve we've, we've traversed a landscape of whimsical musings on human integration with technology and come out the other side largely unscathed, all albeit, I mean,'m I'm, I'm now currently a body just walking around without a head with, with and no head. But that
1: means that you are prime prime target. For someone who needs a body.
0: Damn right, I'm a donor. Cryogenically no, freeze know. me. <laughs> Re-animate Get me in the your fuck freezer. out freezer. <laughs> oh, so have you got a funny story for the day so that we can just lighten oh. the mood? Because I'm feeling a bit acidy. I'm feeling. <laughs> it
1: it got a bit uh, heavy at there. Didn't it, oh, at the we end? got
0: really balls deep into that.
1: Ooh, it was good though. <laughs> <laughs> we we went plus nine. <laughs> oh well, uh, hey, how about this one? Let's do it. Uh, we've been talking about about bodies. Um, So, but anyway, we've been talking about bodies and donors and things like this. Here's a headline for you from National Geographic. Cannibalism study finds people are not that nutritious.
0: (laughs) What the fuck have they been doing this whole time?
1: Uh, Yeah, I know. But, um, you know, I think that... uh, But it's so tasty. (laughs) But it's so tasty. Um, That ties in well with us talking about, you know, bodies and growing meat and, you know, things like that. Uh, While... While our ancient ancestors did practice cannibalism, eating other humans just couldn't compare with taking down a mammoth. So there you go. If you're, if you're feeling peckish, don't eat you, mate. Ima- imagine that version of The Matrix where it's like, There were fields,
0: endless fields, where mammoths were no longer born. They are grown.
1: <laughs> they are grown. In big tubs. Um, really big tubs. Because, uh, you know, mammoths... Oh, you need you only need a few of them to fit a mammoth in, <laughs> however, as much as this is a silly whimsical story um saying that you shouldn't eat your mate um you should actually that any bows on ethics you shouldn't eat your mate <laughs> but what you should do is check out this article. We'll put it in the uh blog just as a side thing it is actually really interesting it has this really cool infographic about uh muscle calories per pound um for human deer boar woolly rhinoceros, horse mammoth.
0: Interesting. That was a horrendous French yeah. accent.
1: It really was, but yeah. yeah, there you go. You can find out just how much, we, you are going to get. So, muscle calories per pound: 100, 146 pounds. In terms of mammoth f- nutrition, f- yeah, Sick. it's really interesting. So, so, I would recommend all the listeners to check that out, and then maybe, um, you know, go, just, 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 just eat some, uh, just eat some veggies.
0: So we've been through a thicket of foliage in terms of our, our coverage of the topic of integration
1: and transhumanism. It's been great, hasn't it, Eddie, today? It's been really, I've really enjoyed this one. We've, we went on many a segue.
0: Just before we go, do you want to give our, our social media a little bit of a plug? Uh,
1: I have totally forgotten what it is. Well, f-
0: <laughs> I would, but I can't. <laughs> this is where oh. fucking neural laser would come in handy, because I'd literally yeah. just be able to think about it. But then again, we wouldn't need a podcast. We'd just be able to do this live into people's heads.
1: Oh, could you imagine? I can imagine. Um, <laughs> and that, so so yeah. we are... And now they can as well.
0: We are on the YouTube. I think we're youtube.com forward slash vaults of whimsy. If we're not, it's because I actually haven't set the link up yet, but I will do. I'll get onto that. We're also on iTunes, which um, there'll be a link on the blog. We're also on... Uh, if you go to thevaultsofwhimsy.wordpress.com, which we'll get our, our actual permanent URL up be- uh, soon. soon, but for the moment, go there. You can go to all of our media via there. You can download the podcast, and if you could, I really hate doing this because it really gives me a, a, a really bad twinge in my gut, but if you could support the podcast in any way, even if you took one iota of value from it, or even if you just want to tell us that you think we're talking utter bollocks, um, which we are, just either, you know, you, we're not asking you to pay for the um the podcast, and we do spend, well, i little bit of time preparing it for you <laughs> <laughs> do we do we mate well um well, yeah yeah no um the ways that you can support us are either you know just as small as sending us a little comment even if it's to berate us if you did like it please 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 subscribe either via um itunes or youtube or wherever you feel
1: or you soundcloud to, or
0: soundcloud go to soundcloud.com forward slash vaults whimsy that's probably the best place that you, or you know, if you can download it, because um, downloading it is what we need. We really need downloads because we are internet hussies. <laughs> and on that <laughs> yes, we are. bombshell, Eddie Bowes, play us out.
1: Uh, <laughs> to to like
0: now let's bring in the fucking theme tune. Bye.
1: Cool. Bye.